In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin pledged in marriage to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But she was greatly troubled by the statement and was wondering what kind of greeting this could be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, because you have found favor with God. Listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Listen, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, even though she was called barren, and this is her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible for God. Then Mary said, See, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. The word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. They call it a leap of faith. When you believe or if you do something that anybody in their right mind would never, ever do. Maybe you've seen a leap of faith happen when your favorite sports team signs that athlete who has an unknown record or a record that seeks anything but confidence in them. And you're wondering, why did they sign him on to my team? I don't even know if we can reach the championships, let alone to actually win them. The coach and the general manager... They must have taken a leap of faith in signing him on. Or maybe you like to watch certain TV shows where leaps of faith are often made, like in ABC's Shark Tank, where the expert business investors called sharks, who listen to the young entrepreneurs give their pitch and ask for a certain amount of money to realize their vision. Sometimes they listen to entrepreneur and they all go in and fight who can get the biggest piece of the pie. Other times they realize, yeah, you need some experience before we will give you anything. And then sometimes there's disagreement. Some who see nothing but words and energy and passion, but nothing to show for it and nothing to come from it. And others who take that leap of faith to put in their own hard-earned money to that young entrepreneur. In many ways, what Mary did when it came to the promises that Gabriel gave to her was to take a leap of faith and to believe them. Because when you listen to what Gabriel had to share to Mary, these were promises that were certainly not expected. They were impossible. They were unlikely. And in some cases, even outlandish to even consider being the case. And although Mary had her reasons to doubt and to reject what anybody in their right mind would be considered incomprehensible, she did not. Rather, she believed what Gabriel said to her, coming from God himself, was something as simple as 
faith is. We remind ourselves what faith is all about when we hear how the Bible describes it in Hebrews chapter 11. It's faith is being sure about what we hope for, being convinced about things we do not see. And this is the kind of faith that Mary is demonstrating in light of Gabriel's promises to her. As we ask ourselves 2,000 years after these words were spoken, O Lord, how shall I meet you? We do well to look to Mary and to see her faith that wholeheartedly believed what God said, just as we get to do what he says to us in his word today. The Lord made sure that Gabriel knew who to give his message to by spelling out the exact location and the exact person to speak to. In the province of Galilee, in the small town of Nazareth, he was to find Mary. And not just any Mary that he happened to come across, but to Mary, who was a virgin. To Mary, who was pledged to be married to Joseph, who was of the house of David. Once Gabriel found the correct Mary, he greeted her and he calmed her nerves down, as the angels always had to do when they talked to people. And then Gabriel then gave three leap of faith promises of what God was going to do to her and also through her. The first promise was the virgin birth. The second promise, how she would become the mother of the Son of God himself. And the third promise of how her son would have an everlasting reign over the house of Jacob, that is, the body of believers. Now, when Mary first heard those promises from Gabriel, she had every reason to act like a normal, ordinary person and to doubt, to question what Gabriel just said was going to happen. She knew better than anybody else that she was a virgin. And if there's one thing you should be as certain of is that you will not become a mother. To think of herself being the mother of the Son of God himself, well, that would mean that she would be in his family line and intimately connected to him, unlike many, many others. As a young Jewish girl, she had grew up hearing about the Old Testament heroes of faith, heroes like Abraham and David, Ruth and Rahab, who were blessed to play a part in salvation history and to be ancestors of the coming Messiah. To think that her name would be mentioned alongside these heroes of faith in the Old Testament, and that she would be the Messiah's mother himself? No one expects that. And then to hear that this son she's going to have will rule forever? Well, for one, no one ruler rules forever. They eventually pass away. And secondly, no one party or family remains in power forever. Everybody has their day in the sun, and eventually that sun sets on everybody. We live 2,000 years after these words were first spoken to Mary. And yet, we have just as many reasons to doubt these exact words spoken to her from so long ago. Just like back then, so it is today. There's one thing you should be assured of as a virgin is that you are not going to become a parent or of a mother. And even for us, we have the added social stigma that comes to try to downplay this account or to try to explain it away because the virgin birth is simply a scientific impossibility. You know how it is that some people view flat earthers 
people who believe that the earth is flat as being complete fools because they take the objective data from science, they throw it out, and then they hold to something that's completely contrary to what the research says. That's how some people view Christians who take the virgin birth, which is simply impossible, and not just simply hold to it, but hold it up as one of the greatest things we celebrate come Christmas time and a major tenet of what our faith is about. And who wants to be viewed as a fool before the eyes of another? To consider Mary being the mother of the Son of God himself, how is it that a sinful person can give birth to someone who is sinless? Some Christians try to change who Mary is by elevating her or say that she got some kind of special treatment from God, but there's nothing in the Bible to suggest that. Rather, she was a sinner, just like anybody else who needed a Savior, just like everyone else. And when the Bible here says, as our verses did, that she was blessed and found favor, we understand that in the same way that all those other Old Testament heroes of faith found favor before God. It wasn't about themselves, but God's own grace and mercy that chose them to play a part in salvation history and to play such a wonderful role and be in the family line of the coming Messiah. When we think about that third prophecy, about the Messiah who would reign for everlasting time. Again, things haven't changed. No one ruler lives forever, and no one party or family remains in power forever. We see that there's a lot of reasons to doubt what Gabriel said. Even we who live 2,000 years after the fact. Yet Mary did not respond in doubt. She responded with simple faith that wholeheartedly believed what, the God, what God had promised to her. And she was right to do that because it wasn't dependent on her or on somebody else to make these promises to come to fulfillment. Rather, it depended on God to do what he said he was going to do through his angel named Gabriel. About that virgin birth, Mary asked Gabriel, how is this going to happen? And Gabriel was kind enough to explain to her how that would go about, where he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. God, the Holy Spirit, using his power as God himself, would do this, leaving her a mother, yet still retaining her purity to accomplish this wonderful miracle about Mary being the mother of the Son of God himself, a sinful woman giving birth to a sinless person, well, we know that Jesus truly was the Son of God. But don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Think back to Jesus' baptism and transfiguration, where God spoke from heaven, saying, You are my Son, whom I love. I am well pleased with you. If God calls Jesus his Son, who else do you need to hear it from? And about Jesus' everlasting reign, this too God has brought to fulfillment. Because once Jesus was raised from the dead, he then began reigning over the body of believers of the house of Jacob. It's called in these verses here, never to die again. It's a reign that's happening now as he sits at God's right hand and rules in the hearts of every believer through faith. 
You see, Mary was right to believe what God said was going to happen. Because it was God who made it happen. As we look through 2,000 year hindsight, we see, well, yeah, of course God did what he was going to do and how we continue to benefit from it today. But we also see additional encouragement why we should simply respond with simple faith to everything our Lord tells to us. Because from these same three promises that have been fulfilled that we can benefit from, they display certain characteristics about who our God is. Characteristics that encourage us to believe them at his every word. From that virgin birth fulfilled, we see how God will do what he has said. No matter how impossible, unexpected, or outlandish it may appear, if God says it, well, guess what? He's going to do it. As simple as that. When we see that Jesus was not just the human offspring of Mary, but the Son of God himself, we know that everything he did is what God himself did. What a comfort that is to what he did for us on that cross. Because the one who was up on an instrument of death was not a mere man who had really good intentions but was a victim of injustice. That was God himself offering up his perfect life as an innocent sacrifice to pay for your each and every sin, to assure to you that you have forgiveness even when you don't respond with simple faith to what your Lord says to you in his word. So that when you look at Mary, she's not only the mother of the Son of God, She's the mother of your Savior and my Savior. From Jesus' everlasting reign, we are assured that we are ever under his watchful eye. As he reigns from God's right hand, he is preserving, protecting, and providing for us as he alone can, as he alone knows how. We're never abandoned or alone, but he's always there by our side, assuring us with his promises, with his blessings, and with the guarantee of what will be ours in heaven. And it's under his reign that we live as his citizens. Oh, what a comfort that is when it seems that life is just falling apart and you feel all alone. You see, it's God who fulfills his promises, and this same God has seen in each characteristics that we see. We have no reason but to respond with simple faith to wholeheartedly believe everything he says to us in his word. Because that's how Mary responded when Gabriel came to her with his leap of faith promises. Though she had every reason to doubt what he said, she believed it. Without knowing how or why, and her entire life would be different from this moment on, and she did not have a say in that matter at all. And yet she was happy to live in faith as the Lord's humble servant. As we think of that Hebrews 11 faith that is surely convinced of what the Lord has said about things that not even we have seen, we too strive to have that same kind of faith. Because we ask ourselves the question, oh Lord, how shall I meet you? We look to Mary. And we see we have every reason to believe just like she did. Because the one who speaks his word to you is the same God who will do what he has said as said in his word, and it's proven through these promises. I pray that as we continue to prepare ourselves to meet our Lord one day, that we may look to Mary and realize that we can meet the Lord in the same way she did, 
with simple faith. Amen.